All right, look, I know there's a lot of rumors out there, a lot of people saying things, and you don't always want to believe it, but as opposed to popular belief, yes, yes, I did take karate. Okay, there you have it. I think I was about 10 years old, and for one year, I took karate. There are so many people trying to deny this. There are so many people on the streets trying to spread that propaganda of, oh, Josh never took Taekwondo. Yes, I did. Okay, I took Taekwondo. I'll have you know. I took Taekwondo. I'll have you know. I made it all the way to Orange Belt. And then I had my retirement ceremony. Realizing, I don't really understand what we're doing in this room. I think it was a very young age for me. When I looked around and said, what are we doing in here? Chop, chop, kick, punch, chop, kick, punch. Ki-ai, ki-ai, ki-ai. Ki-ai, hey, 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 chop, kick, chop, kick, punch. When do I get the nunchucks? Will they give me a ninja star at some point? What is Taekwondo? I don't even know. What are we doing in this community center room with an adult in here who's wearing his gi? Is that what it is? The robe with the belt? A gi? And who's this guy? Who's this adult? He teaches us to go, hey, 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 hey. I mean, is it adorable for the parents when they pick us up? Or are the parents really trying to instill self-defense skills and the confidence that we could defend ourselves by going, hey, 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 punch, kick, punch, kick. I'm 10 years old and about 60 pounds. You want to kidnap me? My Taekwondo's not going to help. But we did like the colors of the belts. This is what I remember. This is all I remember, and I'll tell you what triggered this memory in a moment. But we like the belts, and I looked it up. It goes from yellow to orange to green to purple to blue, okay? I think, I don't know, maybe then to brown, to chartreuse, taupe, beige, tie-dye belt. You know where I'm getting. You know where I'm going. Black belt. Fucking black belt. That'd be the coolest thing in the world at that point to say I'm a black belt. And the older kids look like they're getting closer to the black belt. Because then when you're a black belt, you just get to beat the shit out of anyone, right? I mean, you're not supposed to, but you can. And people will know that so they don't mess with you. That's a reputation type of thing. Okay, well, I quit early. Didn't make it past orange. Maybe I could find that old orange belt in my mom's garage and really celebrate that accomplishment. Hey, everyone. Look at the orange belt. I can chop to the sky and I could chop down to the floor. And then maybe half a roundhouse kick before I get winded and get some water at the fountain. Daydream a little bit and wonder, what are we doing in here? What are we all doing in here? Elvis liked karate towards the end of his life, but I don't think that's my point. My point is I'm watching ESPN at a weird hour and they have breaking competition, not break dancing, but just breaking big wooden blocks and cylinder blocks. Have you seen this or did I dream this? This actually happens. And it jogged my memory a little bit because I remember seeing it live. When you would get a new belt, they would have you go into San Francisco and it would be like all Taekwondo classes come together and converge upon one site and the masters in the dojo put on a show. It really is more of a dance show, isn't it? When you start to see Taekwondo at a high level, it's not a real fight. It's just a bunch of people dancing with cool kick dancing 
kick chop dancing. It's great. But breaking is something real. Breaking is when you use your elbows, your knuckles, your knees, even your head. Yeah, I said it. Even your head to break these cinder blocks and these wooden blocks, bricks. That's very watchable. Okay, that's a skill that I do want to have. That's a skill that makes me feel like I probably should have stuck it out and continued on my Taekwondo journey. But I remember, I vividly remember seeing one of the masters. Are they called masters and are they called geese? I don't want to Google all this stuff. But one of the Taekwondo masters was putting on a breaking show, breaking things. And people were all impressed, clapping. Oh, he broke another wooden block. Oh, he broke another brick. And then at the very end, it was like a grand finale. A bunch of cinder blocks were stacked up, a bunch of them. And he was coming in for the head slam. (laughs) I remember this so vividly. I think it might have been the day I got my orange belt. But this master, this Taekwondo master, was coming in for the head slam on the cinder blocks. And it did not go well. He came in for the, nothing broke. He started to bleed from his forehead. Some of the kids like freaking out. Ah! Sensei, sensei. He wasn't doing okay. He looked a little groggy. He looked a little foggy in the eyes. What? Where? Who? I saw my sensei wobbling in San Francisco the day I got my orange belt. You know that old poem? I think that's Langston Hughes. I saw my sensei wobbling the day I went to San Francisco to get my orange belt. It's a wonderful poem. I think that's one of the verses. Or not. But ESPN still shows this from time to time, and I guarantee you can't change the channel. If you so happen to land on ESPN 1, 2, or one of the many ESPN channels, and they're showing these karate stars breaking wood or cinder blocks, I guarantee you'll be mesmerized. You'll be sucked into this vortex of entertainment where you're wondering, Wait, why are they doing this? It's not really a form of fighting. I'm never going to get attacked by a cinder block, I don't think. There's never going to be a thin wooden board that comes after me and I go, holy shit, I was trained for this moment at the Marinwood Community Center. In the late 80s, I put on my little gi and they taught me how to chop wood. So weird. Are kids still doing that? I don't know. But welcome in. It's episode 111. Hiya to you, hiya to you, and hiya to all of you. As you can tell, I did not progress too far in karate, but I don't think it's too late. I think I could get back in. I think I could stretch a little bit, Ah, dust off the rust, show up to a class. Hey, hey, where do I pick up? I uh, got the old orange back in 89. I'm ready to rejoin the team. I uh, went on a little sabbatical, tiny hiatus, but you know something? I think I'm ready. To dust off the old gi and get back into it. Tonight's episode, uh, completely unscripted, by the way. I'm just going note-free. Just whatever comes to my mind. So I'm just going to describe maybe some things that jumped into my brain today. I did have some weird thoughts on our evening walk. A new family tradition. We eat a lot, we eat too much, we stuff our faces, and then immediately walk. Burn the calories. It's fun, it makes me feel less guilty as I'm stuffing my face. I overeat eh, maybe 85 to 90% of all meals. I just overeat and I'm aware of it, but it makes me think if I just work out, I'll be fine. So we go on these big long walks now. And when you go on walks in the month of October in the suburbs or maybe anywhere, you do see some wild Halloween setups, some front yards that have just turned into graveyards. 
Some families that are normal throughout the year will just throw a skeleton onto their lawn. We'll just have a skull with a big old tarantula on it. And that's normal. It's okay. It's how we celebrate. My daughter looks at it and she goes, what's that all about? And we explain, these are fake dead bodies. What do you, what do you say to a two and a half year old? Oh, well, this family that usually doesn't roll out a fake skeleton, they decided today it was okay to just toss out a plastic dead body that is decomposed and rotted down to the bones. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then on October 31st, we're going to knock on this family's door and they're going to give you a fun-sized Snickers. Why? How many people actually know the origins of Halloween? You got to love how we just take some wild little traditions continue them without knowing why we do them. Like as that family is dusting off the old fake tarantula and skeleton to throw in the front yard and even have like a head coming out of a coffin. Scary stuff, right? You think they know why they're doing that? They just go, yeah, it's October. This is when we go to our garage. We go to these boxes of horror movie supplies and just throw them in our front yard. Of course we do that. Why? Who knows? How many people are even tracing our traditions back to the origins anymore? I'll Google it for you. Here you go. Halloween. Roots in ancient Celtic celebration from Ireland and Scotland. Originally called Samhain. I'll be mispronouncing things. Samhain marked the end of summer. People at the time were frightened of evil spirits. They would dress up in costumes and make noise in the streets in order to make the spirits go away. Okay. People got scared of evil spirits. And this became a holiday. That's really the origin. People got so fucking scared. They were just like, let's dress up like uh, ghosts and ghouls and zombies and mummies. And uh, yeah, it's a party. It's a party. Tap the keg. Let's just party. And then the Catholic Church comes to the Celtic land and it brings All Saints Day on November 1st. And this is the day that was also called All Hallows Day. I'm reading this online, folks. I'm just Googling what the holiday's all about. So the night before is called All Hallows Eve. Many of the traditions from these two holidays became merged together over time. All Hallows Eve just shortened to Halloween. So additional traditions like, hey, let's trick or treat. Let's carve a pumpkin into a jack-o'-lantern and let's just eat a bunch of candy. This is just stuff we threw in for kids for fun. Let's get weird. That's all holidays. You could trace it back to something religious, you know, something ancient. And then it's just, let's get weird. Let's get weird. Ask yourself, what do you do on St. Patty's Day? What do you do? You eat corned beef and cabbage? You have some Bushmills or Jameson, some Guinness? I'm just going to Google it now. How many people who celebrate St. Patty's Day, you know, turn it into something fun, really know what they're doing? All right, I'm Googling origins of St. Patty's Day. Let's see. Patty's Day starts as a religious celebration in the 17th century to commemorate the life of St. Patrick and the arrival of Christianity in Ireland. The feast day always took place on the anniversary of Patrick's death, which was believed to be March 17th, 461 AD. And now people like to drink a bunch of whiskey and eat cured beef. Fine, fine. Let's keep going with this. Holidays, what are some weird ones that we do? Weird things. A lot of gift giving. A lot of gift giving. Should we do Valentine's Day? When I think of Valentine's Day, I think people buying chocolate, couples going out on a romantic date, right? Maybe you buy some jewelry. Maybe you get between the sheets and get busy. And now I'm going to Google origins of Valentine's Day. I'm going to type extra hard so you know I'm Googling. All right, Valentine's Day. Origins in the Roman festival of Lupercalia. 
In mid-February, the festival, which celebrated the coming of spring, included fertility rites and the pairing off of women by men by lottery. What? At the end of the 5th century, Pope Galatius replaced Lupercalia with St. Valentine's Day. I don't even really know what I said, but it's more religion, more religion, more religion, and now we adapt it to chocolates and sex. Fantastic! Show them what they've won, Johnny! Kids going up and down the aisles of the desks, dropping off little cards that say, I love you. And what's that? Yes, more candy, more candy, more candy, more candy. Consumerism? Sure, sure. Why am I bringing this up? I don't know. Our whole town is just going to become filled with skeletons in front yards and people aren't really going to question, wait, why do we do this again? Wait, why do we now just paint a corpse, throw it into our landscaping and have people come by? Although it's going to be very different this year. COVID-19, Halloween. That means stay away. I guess I'll put a bucket of candy on the curb. The old honor system. Take one and then the neighborhood hooligans will take more than one and ruin it for everybody. Hey, you dangerous hooligans. With a backpack full of eggs and shaving cream and toilet paper. You get the fuck off my lawn. You get the fuck out of here. Right? Every neighborhood has them. They're not going anywhere. Do we still have hooligans? Halloween hooligans? Of course we do. Open up that backpack. Let me see it, pal. Let me see it. See, I'm now a dad. I'm now an adult. I take that role. Hey, 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 hey. You put that Charmin down. You don't waste that toilet paper during this pandemic. You do not waste that toilet paper, pal. A lot of reopenings. I don't know. Maybe some people are going to try to normalize Halloween and still trick-or-treat. Still flood the streets with kids in cute costumes. I don't know. Maybe people are so sick of remaining sheltered and isolated that they're just going to denounce the pandemic and say, we're going to just start living life again. We're going to reopen this town and pretend that it's a normal Halloween. I could see certain towns in America doing that. Of course, certain towns in America are already doing that. There's plenty of schools that are actually open. I mean, I'm in a town where the schools are closed and they're slowly reopening in phases, but my sister-in-law, she's a teacher in a town called Lindstrom, Minnesota. And in Lindstrom, Minnesota, the kids came back to school. And guess what she texted us today? 20 positive COVID cases. So they sent everybody home. Her high school is called Chisago Lakes, or as they would say it, Chisago Lakes High School in Lindstrom, Minnesota. And at Chisago Lakes, 20 positive COVID-19 tests. Holy shit. How about some hand sanitizer? How about some plexiglass? That's the major fear. Being back in school sounds great. High school sports, performances, socialization sounds great. But if you actually just do it, that's what happens. That's what's going to happen. The infections are just going to spread. It's very contagious. So the idea of reopening and just returning back to normal in many ways without any vaccine or any true changes, it's so ridiculous. I feel like that might be the most obvious thing I've ever said. Not just on this podcast, but just in general. We have these tiers. Well, now you can go inside the restaurant. Last week, we were making a reservation at this new restaurant. And of course, patio dining. We're very comfortable with it. I'd like to announce that. We're very comfortable with patio dining. But as I called to make a reservation, the lady on the phone said, indoor or outdoor dining. And I said, really? Indoor is an option? She said, yes. But nothing changed yet. We're still in the pandemic. There's no vaccine. I get it. Face masks, social distancing. It's all good. But restaurants are now opening and barbershops are now opening and malls are now opening and bowling alleys are now opening and roller skating rinks are now opening. Roller skating rinks and bowling alleys, really? In my mind, it's always 1989. It just always is Cal Skate, Nave Lanes coming at you. 
Could you imagine how scared you would be if you heard, let's say you're a teacher or a student, that there were 20 positive cases? If I heard that there was one, let's just say our high school gets back in action at some point before a vaccine, in the midst of a pandemic, they just send me back to the classroom. Okay, and I hear that there's one on campus. Like, is it a freshman? Is it a sophomore? Is it a junior? Is it a senior? Was it one of my students? Was it a kid who was around my classroom? Was it a kid who touched my doorknob? Was it a kid... Touched my doorknob didn't sound right. I'm actually talking about the doorknob on my door. Did I have to explain that? That got weird. So it's going to be such a vicious spread of rumors of who was it? And once you find out who the kids are, is there going to be some shaming, some bullying? Are they going to be castigated? Did you hear about Jimmy? Yeah, Jimmy came to first period just fully virused up. Just COVID coming out of his veins and eyes. And he just showed up like nothing. Like nothing was wrong. Asymptomatic. But then spread it to a few others who were not so asymptomatic. Actually, I don't want to talk about this. It's like the debate last night with Kamala and Mike Pence. They get into COVID-19 and like, I don't even know. I don't even know if I want to watch this. I know what she's going to say. I know what he's going to say. I know what she's going to say. I know what he's going to say. You got to love that. When you watch such a polarized and charged debate, which was way more civil, I can watch the VPs, you almost know their talking points. I mean, if you're in any way up to date on the current news stories, you know exactly what they're going to say at all times. She's going to attack him about this. Boom. He's going to attack her about that. Boom. She's going to mention this about the administration. There it is. And he's going to mention this about her prosecution record. There it is. And she's going to mention this about how... Trump handled COVID, boom. And he's going to mention this about what Biden did under Obama with Obamacare. It's like, I could absolutely predict every talking point, which raises the question, why are we doing this? Is it ratings? I think it is. I think it's just TV ratings. Actually, why are we doing anything in the world of politics? It's just money, right? Who are these people? I think they're performers. I'd love to think that they're so passionate about their cause. Really, they're so passionate about their cause. But really, aren't they just the end result of millions and millions and millions of dollars being pumped into these super PACs and interest groups that are being lobbied about and bantied about and shoved into their pockets. So now they're the puppets. So now they're just the spokesmen and spokeswomen for something that was well-funded. Isn't that the game we play? And then they show up at the debate in their nice outfits, ready to just go for the same talking points we know they're about to say. It's the most predictable shit. And then right when the debate is over, it's almost like they should bow. It really did. It felt theatrical. Something about politics now, it just looks theatrical at any level. I mean, I know once you get to a presidential election and these campaigns, it's like the highest level of Broadway. Now you're watching the characters who are like set. Like we've been watching these characters for years. And now this is the big performance when you get this close to the election. But at any level, you go down to city council, mayors, board members, anything on my ballot just feels a little theatrical. A little performance-based. I don't know. But I do know this. I do know this. Some of the most important voices are not behind podiums and running for office. Some of the most important voices are in the sports world. And this idea that they should just shut up and play. Just shut up and play is so offensive to me. I don't know why. Nothing gets my blood boiling. Quite like when I hear people so upset with athletes for talking about things that are not political. It's not a political statement to say Black Lives Matter. I'm hearing that a lot. So the NBA Finals ratings are down right now. 
That's a fact. That's okay. I'll tell you why in a moment. But for the folks that want to attack the movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, they like to say, the players are too political right now, shoving their agendas down our throats, and we don't want it. We just want to watch basketball. Oh, really, fuckface? You just want to watch basketball? Does it bother you that a league that's, what, over 80% black cares enough to get the message out because they have a platform? Does that bother you so much that you're not going to watch the game? You piece of shit. Sorry. You know, sometimes I think it's okay to just unleash a verbal attack on no one in this room I'm in. No one is in the room and I'm just screaming, you piece of shit, into the air. But you know who I'm talking about. Their jerseys say, vote, say her name, Black Lives Matter. These are okay messages, folks. It's okay to think black people deserve equality and justice in this country. It's okay. It's okay. It doesn't make you politically charged. It's not like a political discussion you have to have to just agree. But the people that can't agree, and they like to point to that, to say, that's why the NBA ratings are down. You know, that's why the NBA ratings... Shut the fuck up. Here's why the NBA finals ratings are down. Number one, a lot of people are drawn to the spectacle of a big event. It feels like you're tuning into a scrimmage. There's nobody at these games, obviously. They're playing in a bubble in Orlando. So it doesn't have any feel of a big event. These empty gyms, or these empty fields for baseball, with cardboard cutouts or digital video cut-ins of fans. Fine, but there's no real feel to the games. It doesn't feel like the NBA Finals. So for the casual fan that's drawn to like the big events, they'll probably just flip the channel, take a look at the score, and keep going. Plus, there's a lot of sports happening now at once. There's a lot competing for our attention. So when you look at why are ratings down right now, you can remember we're in the middle of this presidential election where people are definitely glued to their CNN, their Fox News, their CNBC. People are a little distracted right now. And plus, Major League Baseball playoffs usually don't coincide with the NBA Finals. NBA Finals usually in June. Right now, it's what, October? People aren't used to that. It's not a part of your biorhythm right now. I got a lot of reasons, actual reasons, why ratings are down. And we're just talking about the metrics of TV ratings. So a lot of people are following these games. There's so many NBA fans. Let's not act like it's not interesting now because the court says Black Lives Matter in a league that has many prominent black players here to discuss this. Let's not act like that is why ratings are down. There's still millions of people watching on TV or maybe listening to the games or streaming updates on their phones. So there you go. That gets me upset. Are you happy? Are you happy you did this to me? I, I, you know what? I'm so upset. I wish there was a cinder block in this room right now. I'd slam my head and do it. You think I'm kidding? You think I'm... <laughs> Sensei? Sensei's wobbling. Am I going to get my orange belt? All right, I'll end with this. I don't even know if I started with anything, but I'll end with this. Today, I was wrapping up the Industrial Revolution, a revolution that never ends. It never ends. You know, when you teach it, you try to say, well, the origins in Britain in the mid-1700s, And you give them all the reasons why the world transformed from a handmade, more of a cottage industry type of world to machine-made manufacturing. And you talk about the great early inventions from the cotton gin to the spinning jenny to the steam engine and how this became that. And then this built on that previous technology and then it advanced this. And then you had the rise of commerce and capitalism and jobs and then unions and strikes. And you keep going and going and going and you try to explain how the world looks right now. But I like to ask the question to all my kids. Just a little warm-up question. 
Have you ever thought of an invention? It's a fun way to start class. Hey, just tell me your idea. Invent something. Go ahead. And the students every year just bring up some of the weirdest shit and funniest stuff. And they always start the answers with like, well, this may be dumb, but... Or this is kind of silly, but... And it's always funny stuff. But one kid was like, you know, my idea that I've always wanted is finally being created by Elon Musk. And this kid was explaining a brain chip. And I was like, um, no, I don't think that exists. He's like, yeah, Mr. Rosenberg. Yeah, it does. And I'm thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. And the class is talking about like, yeah, could we ever invent something that reads people's minds? And I was like, maybe. Sounds good. Of course. Anything could happen. It's really the only answer. Anything could happen. Some kid's like, I want to invent a time travel machine. I go, anything could happen. Sure. You know, no wrong answers. What would you invent? What would you invent? But this one kid was like, yeah, there's a brain chip being created right now. And I hadn't heard about it. But Elon Musk actually unveiled his plan. There's even human trials now. A brain chip. Coin-sized computer chip to put in the brain for a working brain-to-machine interface. Sounds nuts, right? We're in the future. This is the brave new world. Could allow people with any neurological conditions to start controlling devices with their minds. And Elon Musk is thinking big, like it could cure all sorts of conditions like dementia, Parkinson's, spinal cord injuries. It's fascinating. If you said this to me, actually say it to me today, I'm still shocked. But if you said this to somebody in like 1971, they'd just say, no, no, that's not real things. Those are pretend things you're saying. Elon Musk already unveiled a pig who had the brain chip inserted. I don't know what the pig did, but the pig had the brain chip. So maybe the pig can read minds, mind to machine, start to program our brains and then download our thoughts into the mainframe, lock down the system with the auxiliary routers. Write this down for the decoding of the script. You're going to want to demonstrate a basic development of Brain synaptology. I have no suit. The neurons are going to cast into a cord ramp. The what the fuck are we talking about? A brain chip exists on a pig and Elon Musk wants to put this into our brains so we could go brain to machine, download our thoughts. Okay. You know something? This question got out of hand. Class dismissed. Podcast dismissed. You're all free. Continue your day. Okay, just go along with your day. Leave a rating on iTunes if you want. I, I think, you know what? It's no longer a request. It's a demand. You made it this far, episode 111, do it already. Just drop that rating. Okay, and then Apple's going to celebrate me. The iTunes world, the podcast, I don't even understand how the ratings work. But I do know that we're supposed to say that. We, the podcast community of America, PCA, podcast community of America, a lot of acronyms leave out the of, right? PCOA. Isn't that weird when an acronym leaves out a few words just to make it sound better? So the PCA, the podcast community of America, we do appreciate ratings. And most of us don't know why we say that. We just say it and drop a rating there on iTunes. Thank you so much. Episode 111. It's in the motherfucking books. I'll talk to you soon. Uh-huh.